0: Hey bubs, welcome back to another episode of Talkin' Snicked, the best podcast there is at what it does, and what it does best is talk about Wolverine. I am your host Ryan, and for today's episode we continue our May-long theme of Laura while we review her first ever live-action appearance in the film Logan. Logan was the third live action movie in the Wolverine solo movie series. It is a sequel to both The Wolverine and X Men Origins Wolverine. It takes place in a future where the X Men no longer exist, with the exception of Logan. The movie itself, written by James Mangold and Scott Frank and also Michael Green, based on a story by James Mangold. The movie stars Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier, Boyd Holbrook as Pierce, Stephen Merchant as Caliban, Elizabeth Rodriguez as Gabriella, Richard E. Grant as Dr. Rice, and Eric LaSalle as Will Munson. Now, this movie, in addition to being the final hurrah for Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, is the live-action introduction to Laura, also known as X-23. Bubs, I gotta be honest with you here. I really loved this movie. It was Fox's only installment in the X-Men live-action series in 2017, and... I think they made the right call making this movie a the only movie to come out that year. The premise of the movie itself was, like I had mentioned a little earlier, it takes place in a future where the X-Men no longer exist. The movie follows an older and aging Wolverine as his healing factor, his mutant ability to heal his own body, is slowly failing him, and his age is catching up to him. Throughout the movie, we see him wearing reading glasses, taking time to heal. Uh, he he walks with a limp throughout the uh, majority of the film. And as he is changing, as he's growing old, he is also caring for Professor Xavier, uh, Charles Xavier, with... A degenerative brain disease. I don't think they ever actually come out and say exactly what his condition is, but you can kind of guess it's something like Alzheimer's, uh, things like that. He's, you know, he's losing his memory a little bit. He's losing control of his mind. He's, he's not able to limit the intensity of him using his healing or excuse me, his uh, telepathic powers. And throughout the course of the film, you know, we eventually learn what happened to the rest of the X-Men, why Wolverine and Professor Xavier are living the way they do, why Caliban is a member of their little family, and what their plans are for the future. So the, the film starts with Wolverine, Logan, as a limo driver and it takes place in the year 2024 so it's a couple years from now the x-men are gone logan is an aging limo driver and the film's plot really starts moving forward right away it introduces us to logan it shows us the limitations of his healing and immediately thereafter there's a scene with Wolverine as a limo driver at a funeral in a cemetery. And while he's waiting for the funeral to end to take whomever it is that he is driving to their next destination, a strange woman approaches him and, you know, she's she's calling him by name, you know, Logan, Logan. And, and it's, you know, a name that he doesn't really uh, use very often. You know, she's a Wolverine, you know, and that kind of gets his attention. And she kind of comes up to him and says, you know, we need help. They're after us. We need you. And, you know, this is a this is a Wolverine who is not a superhero. This is a retired from superheroics Wolverine. And he kind of just tells this lady to, you know, buzz off. I'm not interested. Uh, you're crazy. Leave me alone. And she gets back in her car and drives off. And as she's driving by, we actually get to see in the backseat of her car a little girl. So, I mean, the whole plot with Laura starts right away. And... Drives the entire film, you know Wolverine's dealing with his own stuff, like I had mentioned his aging and things like that, Professor Xavier also aging you know no longer in control of his faculties, telepathically speaking, uh, having a roommate named Caliban who is just a wet blanket, to say the least uh but the main plot is driven by Laura and who this Laura character is and what this Laura character has to accomplish throughout the course of this film. So after a little while, you know, Wolverine's back on his various jobs and things like that. We get to see interactions between uh, him and Xavier, and uh, we're introduced to, you know, one of the villains pretty early as well, and that is Boyd Holbrook's uh, Donald Pierce. Uh, So Donald Pierce is a member of the Reavers, who are a group of human cyborg bounty hunter type people. Uh, The X-Men really first kind of had run-ins with them back in their Outback era. That was the era of the mid to late 80s where Chris Claremont as the writer had taken the X-Men team through what's called the Siege Perilous and dropped them into the Australian Outback. And so that's when the Reavers kind of came around and eventually we we get light that most of the Reavers were uh, human survivors of a like a Wolverine attack. And I don't mean like the wild animal, I mean, Logan Wolverine. And so as a way to get revenge and as a way to kind of have like a, you know, a, f- a focus group, if you will, they kind of band together and, and become this group of, you know, cyborg mercenaries. Eventually this group comes under the leadership of Donald Pierce. And in the movie, it doesn't seem to be much different as they don't necessarily go into the background of who the Reavers are and who Donald Pierce is, but we do know that he is the leader of the Reavers and that he is a cyborg having a cybernetic arm. So throughout the course of Wolverine, you know, performing various odd jobs, not odd jobs, but, uh, you know, driving jobs, he has like a bridal party, a bachelor party, or a graduation party or something. He has uh, a. A customer who is a businessman, you know, back from a business trip, that sort of thing. Or at least that's how it sounds. But, it, you know, it could be a little more shady than that. So as he's taking these people around, you know, he gets paged for another, I say paged uh, on his cell phone. There's like, you know, an app, you know, it's like Uber and all that, but uh, for limos. So he, he goes out to to meet up with this person and it's the same woman who didn't necessarily confront him but you know tried to speak with him at the cemetery but when he first arrives at this hotel to meet this lady he actually sees this little girl the same little girl who was in the back of the car that driven by you know kind of playing ball she has like this little rubber ball that she's kind of bouncing uh, up against like the side of the motel it's like a cement wall or a brick wall so she's kind of bouncing it up against that and playing, and then when Logan appears, she just kind of steps away and keeps to herself. While this Gabriella lady comes out and tries to talk to Wolverine, so at this point she is trying to hire Wolverine to take her and this young girl up to Canada, and she offers to pay Wolverine a, a pretty large sum, you know, up to fifty thousand dollars, twenty thousand cash up front, and the rest when they get to where they're going, kind of like a Han Solo, Obi-Wan kind of deal, you know, two now plus 15 when we get to Alderaan. So 20 now, 30 upon, you know, delivery. So again, Wolverine just kind of says, you know, I, I'm going to have to think about it. It's, an, it's a good deal and I need the money. Um, so he kind of goes back and tries to discuss with the Professor about what's going on and he's already decided, you know, he's going to take this trip and he's going to go up there and so while he's explaining with Xavier, uh, you learn that he's been communicating with this lady and that he's, he's agreed to take them up to Canada. Only when he arrives at the hotel, he finds the woman dead. Assuming that you know she was killed by the reavers, he's able to take some of the cash. He finds her cell phone hidden in the room, uh, but it's out of battery, so it's going to be a while before he can charge it. All he, all he's able to see is that you know she was texting him, like right up to the point where she was killed. So she probably sent him a text. He texted her back, and then she realized that they were there. So she hid the phone, and and she was killed. Uh, there's no sign of the girl. So Wolverine, or Logan in this case, returns home, which is across the border in Mexico because he is working as a limo driver on the border uh, in Texas. So he arrives at home. Caliban comes out, and he's just a ray of sunshine. <laughs> I actually really like Caliban in this movie, played by Stephen Merchant. So, uh, you know, he's he's a well-known British comedian is on a lot of British comedy television and he plays a I guess somewhat serious role Uh, there's a scene earlier in the film between Logan and Caliban and it's kind of set up like they're this old married couple and you know one of them is the is the naggy person in the relationship and the other person is the aloof person in the relationship and I'll, I'll give you one guess as to who is whom But he comes out and he's asking Wolverine, like, hey, I thought you had a job to do, so uh, why aren't you doing it? And Wolverine's like, yeah, I kind of fell through. I'm going to go check on Charles. And as Wolverine goes to do that, Caliban notices that the trunk of the limousine is open. And inside the trunk of the limousine is a rubber bouncy ball and a backpack. So he immediately gets Logan's attention. Logan comes out to see what's going on, and kind of while they're talking, uh, someone else arrives, and that someone else is Pierce. So Pierce arrives at the compound, and he's like, hey, you know, I know you were in contact with the lady and the girl, and I asked you to get in touch with me if they were to get in touch with you, and you didn't, so I'm really hurt about that. But, you know, we can't find the little girl, so where is she? And Logan's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no little girl here uh you know pierce is like well that's funny because you know that's her ball and that's her backpack and then you hear just this shriek from off screen and this (laughs) pipe this part's awesome and this pipe comes flying across the screen and right as pierce turns his head to look for the sound it just clocks him right on the head knocks him out cold which is awesome and then a second pipe just comes flying at logan's head and he's able to catch it in time and there's laura so we learn that uh it wasn't just her backpack and her ball in the trunk, but apparently she was hiding in there as well. So at that it's about that point where Xavier comes out and says, Yo, hey, Logan, this is the this is that person I was telling you about. You know, I've been communicating with her. She's a mutant. This is gonna be this is gonna be awesome. Come on in, you know, he says to Laura, have some cereal and all this. So Laura takes her backpack back from uh from Wolverine and then just mean mugs Wolverine and Caliban on the way into, uh, you know, have some breakfast with, with Charles. And so Wolverine says, you know, Hey, Caliban, take Pierce way out to the middle of nowhere and dump him and then drive even further away and then dump the car and then send me a text and I'll come pick you up. And you know, that we'll, we'll be fine. We'll figure out what to do with the girl in the meantime and, you know, figure out how to get rid of her. So Caliban takes Pierce out while he's unconscious to drop him off somewhere. Logan goes in, and, you know, he's talk. He's trying to talk with Xavier and with Laura saying, you know, she can't stay here. And, you know, we got to get going. She's not a mutant. There's no more mutants anymore. We're the only ones left. And we got to get out of here. I have this plan for this boat, you know, to purchase this yacht that we can go live on the water away from everybody. And, you know, Xavier's, no, we got to take care of this young girl. She's a brand new mutant. She needs our help and all this. Because... Xavier's, you know, ever the headmaster of the Xavier Academy, which is awesome. So Caliban takes Pierce out and he goes to dump him and he comes back to the car to close the trunk and realizes that Pierce is, in fact, awake already and is just the first in a big line of mercenaries that are coming to the compound. So, uh, Pierce and his whole group of Reavers kind of show up and they're able to take Caliban and then head back to where Logan and Caliban and Xavier all live together because they think that that's where the girl is. So as Wolverine's trying to back home, convince Xavier to just leave Laura so that they can go by their boat and go live out on the water. They see that the Reavers are about to arrive, that the Reavers are at the compound and Xavier tells them that they're there to get Laura. So Wolverine picks up Xavier, who obviously is in a wheelchair and cannot move his legs. And begins to leave so Xavier is trying to plead with Logan to not leave the girl they can't leave her behind she's a mutant she needs their help and in Logan's opinion you know she's the reason why all this trouble is at their doorstep and the best thing to do would be to leave her there for them to find her so that they won't pursue Logan and Xavier as they try to make their escape so he gets Xavier outside and puts him in the limousine and before he is able to leave the compound you know, he's surrounded. There's Reavers coming in from all the different areas and they kind of retreat uh, and block off the exit. So they're they have to cut their retreat short. Wolverine gets out to kind of talk to Pierce and the Reavers and figure out what's going on. And obviously at this point, Pierce knows that Laura is there and that he cannot trust Logan and Xavier and that they are going to stand up to him just like Caliban You know, obviously, that they don't want to cooperate with the Reavers' search for Laura here. So while they're talking, Pierce sends in a group of Reavers to retrieve Laura, who, I love this, she's just sitting there at the kitchen table just chowing down on a bowl of cornflakes, just like a regular kid. You know, it's almost like a Saturday morning cartoon. If only they had some sort of, like, crappy black-and-white TV that had, like, X-Men cartoons or something. Oh, that would have been perfect. But not necessary. So she's sitting there eating her cornflakes, just kind of watching on this monitor as these these guys are starting to enter this compound where they've been living and where she's eating. And then we go back to the outside and uh you know, Pierce is just kinda telling Wolverine, like, Hey, this is this isn't cool. I'm really disappointed in in you and, and pretty much everything. But it's fine because, you know, we're here and we're gonna take her and oh well, there's nothing you can do. Uh, And that's when we start hearing like shouts and just gunfire and all kinds of stuff erupt from inside this building where Laura is eating. I should probably mention that Laura is like maybe 9 or 10, maybe 11 uh, as, as an age in this movie. Which is awesome and kind of falls in line with uh, X-23 Volume 1 by Kyle and Yost. I think she was 11 when she got her adamantium i i can't i know that i only read that like three weeks ago uh but i can't remember if she was 11 or if she was 12 i'm pretty sure that it was uh when she was 11 because i know they started training her when she was seven and all that started developing her for her trigger scent and everything and i want to say it was about the time she was 11 when she got her adamantium and and as as even though this movie changes some things about the story and the origin and all that uh, it's still pretty true to those those first kind of appearances where she she is a young girl, so she's about like eleven here. And these these big burly guys, you know, these big giant reavers with big robot arms and giant guns, uh, and also large weapons, uh, go into to retrieve her. And, and like I said, there's just all this gunfire and like sh- shouting and stuff that breaks out. It's great. And you know Pierce looks nervous because we're we're hearing this from the outside. Is it, it interrupts the conversation that Logan and Pierce are having, which is also great. Uh, you know, and they just kind of turn their heads like, what the heck? Um, and then of course we get to see some uh, some very violent, gory action from Laura inside this uh, this little compound thing as she takes out some of these Reavers and. I love this part. This is this is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie, and it is pretty graphic. So if you're squeamish, you know, maybe skip ahead a couple of seconds here. But uh, this young Laura emerges from the building, and she's carrying in her arms. You can't tell at first until she gets a little bit closer, but she's actually holding the severed head of one of the reavers that was sent in to get her. And she just walks out and just rolls it on the ground back towards towards Pierce with this really just angry, bestial look on her face. And Daphne Keene, actually, for a young child actor, uh, does a really good job of kind of capturing that wild, youthful, innocent, righteous fury. Uh, I know that there were a lot of adjectives in there, but I feel that they were all necessary to really explain just what it is that this expression that she has on her face and what it is that she's doing here. She comes out and she's just this angry child and she just rolls this head. She throws her backpack down. She's got, and we finally get the reveal. You know, I mean, obviously we knew that it was Laura. I think the trailers uh, were cut well enough that they hid the fact that she had claws most of the time up until like the very end. And by then the cat was already out of the bag that she was X 23. But even so, like even knowing what she is going into this movie, even having seen the trailers where we get to see her fighting ferociously uh, this this reveal on film of her popping her claws is just awesome. in a pose that's very reminiscent of x twenty three volume two target X number one. Uh, she you know, she's kind of hunched down. she's got her hands down in front of her with her palms up and these little fists. And she's, you know, glaring at Pierce with this look of pure, unadulterated hatred. And the claws just start slowly coming out. And the whole time, uh, you know, Pierce is like, no, no, no. Like she's an animal because obviously Pierce and the Reavers and the people that they work for look at these mutants as if they are nothing more than animals. And so that's how they're used to treating them. So he's talking to her, you know, like, you know, bad dog or bad girl, you know, no, no. Uh, But obviously just saying no to her isn't going to uh, assuage her berserker rage that's coming on at this point. And just the effect that this reveal has on Logan as well. It's like at that point he kind of realized like, all right, I don't really want anything to do with this kid. Uh, This isn't my fight, but, you know, she's one of us and I'm going to fight back. I'm going to protect Charles. Obviously he's my priority because this kid can take care of herself. Uh, but it's about that time too that Wolverine uh, joins the fight. So now we've got two clawed heroes, uh, you know, going at it with these this whole group of Reavers. There's like fifty Reavers, maybe not that many, but it seems like there's like fifty Reavers, and we get this big action-packed, awesome, you know, claw. I, there's not really like a good term for it. Maybe swashbuckling, but with claws, you know, they're claw buckling with all these dudes with guns, um, and. It's great. And it turns into like a chase scene and an escape scene. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, 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 you know, I I wouldn't say that it's easy action, uh, but it's very easygoing action despite the fact that it's this big intense chase scene and both Wolverine and X 23 are just killing dudes left and right. Uh, I remember seeing this in theaters and it was awesome. And I had the good fortune of purchasing the Blu-ray that has the noir version. And I actually really like Logan Noir. Uh, maybe I'm just a pretentious fool. Uh, but for some reason, I think that the movie is even more beautiful in black and white. Because it takes this this grotesque ferocity and it turns it into this almost like an elegant dance. Uh, it's No, it's not choreographed and elegant, like the Frank Miller or the Paul Smith fights that we get. Um, but it definitely has the ferocity of like a Mark Silvestri kind of book. So that's pretty cool. But it, the, the black and white version, you know, it kind of cuts down on the blood and the gore and it, it, it makes it part of the narrative rather than just, you know, gratuitous blood everywhere. So yeah, I had the good fortune of, uh, of, getting to watch the the noir version almost right away uh, I wish that I would have had the chance to see I know that it was in theaters like one night uh, like a week before the blu-ray release and un- unfortunately lo- logistically I just didn't have the time uh, or the money at the point to uh, to shell out like 15 bucks to go see it in black and white when I was gonna be buying it on blu-ray uh, the the following week. So unfortunately I didn't get a chance to see that in theaters. That would be great. I would love if they did like, uh, those events that they do, you know, at the movie theaters when you go and they're like a one, a one night only special event. Like I would love to go watch like the Wolverine trilogy, uh, in theaters and have it topped off with Logan noir. But you know, whatever, that's just me. And I'm, this is a big digress here. So they're able to escape and, like I said, we get this great scene. It's this awesome chase scene. You know, Wolverine driving this really crappy limousine, Uh, you know, with a, a nearly invalid professor, Xavier, and this little mute girl who has claws coming out of her hands. She's got claws coming out of her feet. That was a great moment, too. So I think they actually kept the feet claws secret. I don't remember them being revealed in the trailer. Maybe they were, but... I know that her hand claws were because there were scenes of her like jumping over people and slicing dudes. Uh, But I think the feet claws at least were kept secret and Wolverine's face when these things pop was, was great. So that's like the whole, I would say that that's the whole first act of the movie. Uh, The next act of the film is kind of Wolverine, Xavier and uh, Laura kind of coming together onto their journey. Um, you know, up until that part, they were still moving in different directions. This is kind of when they became that unit that was going to move together and Wolverine and Xavier were going to take her up to Canada before heading off back down to Mexico to buy that boat that uh, Wolverine wanted to buy. So we get some good moments. There's a lot of great action coming up. There's a, there's a reveal of who the villain is of the movie that they actually, I know for a fact that they kept secret in the trailers, which was awesome. It was completely unexpected. The scene where this character is revealed also happens to be a really emotional scene with Professor Xavier. And in my opinion, it is the best, probably the saddest and the death scene with the most gravity of any superhero movie that I've seen yet. Now at the time of this recording I have uh, I did just see Deadpool 2 a couple of days ago loved it was great uh, but I still haven't seen Infinity War at the time of this recording so who knows maybe whatever deaths happen in that movie will uh, will get me but the death uh, of Professor Xavier on screen was was heavy that was really heavy uh, to deal with uh, even even with my most recent watch through of this which I, I also watched through uh, a night or two ago uh, prior to recording this uh, it still kind of gets me even though i know it's coming just because it is it's a very sad moment uh, and it and it holds a lot of gravity uh, but with him disappearing the movie is able to then focus on the relationship between wolverine and laura you know that i hate to say it but that last piece of baggage has been cleared away that buffer that was in between these two characters is now gone and we get to see the relationship between Laura and Wolverine develop i would I wouldn't even go as far as to say that it that it develops, but we get to see them i don't know maybe begin to understand each other perhaps is maybe a better way to put that so there's the scene where Logan buries Xavier and just kind of has a breakdown, not a huge breakdown or anything like that not like, uh, falling down with Michael Douglas where, you know, he's going into the fast food restaurant, firing his gun up in the air because that hamburger that he orders doesn't look like it does in the picture. Uh, no, he just kind of has a, a little freak out and then he collapses. And so, uh, you know, Laura is able to get him into a town. Uh, we learned that, you know, she stole a car, she drove him there, which is awesome. And, she finally gets to the point where we learn that she can talk and she speaks Spanish naturally. So you see on the, on the journey to where they are, Xavier and Logan learned of Laura's true origin. So there's this company in the XMCU called Transigen and they had a headquarters in Mexico where they were experimenting on mutants They were using mutant DNA from dead mutants uh, to create embryos of which they were putting into, I I don't like that phrase, not putting into, they were using to inseminate uh, teenage girls, probably like street kids uh, in like Mexico City. And so uh, these kids were raised in this, uh, and I'm doing air quotes, facility because the facility is where she was in X-23 Volume 1. You l- you learn that uh, she was created in the facility, so there's no Doctor Kinney, there's no Doctor Rissman um, in this in this series. Uh, Laura and all the other mutant children, because we've learned by now that there were several other mutant children as well. Uh, they were created artificially in these labs by a man named Doctor Xander Rice. So that name should ring a bell for those of you who have listened to my X Twenty Three Volume One episode. So under the guidance of Dr. Rice, they've created all these mutant children and they're experimenting, learning how to create weapons, how to harness mutant abilities, things like that. You know, how to, how to make all these things. And of course, Laura is, you know, Experiment X-23 and all that. And we learned that eventually they the transigen makes a breakthrough, and they've decided they're going to move forward with a different plan. So they actually order the euthanizing of all these children, and the nurses who've worked in this facility and you know have cared for these children and who actually have a conscience uh, are able to help many of the children escape. At least that's the hope. All that we know is that the one nurse who died earlier, who was with Laura, she was able to save Laura and at least get her to uh, Texas to meet up with Logan because she had heard rumors that that's where the Wolverine was. So by this point, we had learned Laura's origin. We actually, uh, Xavier and Wolverine, watch all of this on the cell phone that they had uh, taken back from uh, Gabriella, that's the nurse, Nurse Lopez, when uh, Wolverine had found her dead. So I, I had mentioned that they took her phone and that it had died. So they were able to get it charged, and that's where we actually get the uh, this footage. And there's some cool footage in there uh, that that is very reminiscent of the comic books, where we have Laura undergoing the surgery to remove her claws, coat them with adamantium. And then, reinsert them you know into her forearms and all that, so we get to see some pretty cool scenes. they are graphic, they are a little gory, you know she's an eleven year old girl um obviously she's covered in gowns and things like that, and it's not uh terribly bloody or anything, but you know you still at that point you know that she's under you know that they're you know doing the surgery and stuff on her hands and everything so it it, it could be a little graphic I mean, this film is rated r there's strong language throughout there's blood, there is not excessive violence, there's awesome violence, if you like that sort of thing, uh, with you know a lot of Wolverine mm-hmm. using his claws, and I'm actually skipping over some of the the more action packed moments of the film, just so that for those of you who haven't even seen it but are planning to and and especially if this is the episode that helps you decide to go watch the movie, I don't want to spoil some of the good stuff that you're gonna see so Laura's in the car. Wolverine is recovering and you know, Laura finally can't take it anymore. She can't communicate with, with Wolverine. She had been communicating, you know, telepathically with Xavier, but now she's going to have to start talking. So she does. And she's talking in Spanish and you know, she's trying to tell Wolverine like, you know, we have to get to Canada. These are all my friends we're all supposed to meet there. So we have to go. Eventually Wolverine kind of caves after, you know, cussing at her and throwing F bombs right in her face, which, um, I had read an interview where Jackman said that that was like the hardest scene that he he'd ever had to film on an X-Men movie because he's in this car. He's face to face with an 11 year old girl and he has to just, he's cussing right in her face and he has to yell at her while he's recording and everything. And like the, the kids underage. So the parents are there during filming and everything. And he's just said it was a really hard for him to do because he's, you know, yelling the F word right into this little girl's face and, then he has to go over and like talk to the mom, so he just said it was really awkward and really hard for him as an actor. I, I, which I can I can understand that yelling, curse words at a right in a kid's face. So it's a great scene. Eventually, uh, they they're able to leave. Like I said, Logan goes along with with Laura's idea here, and they end up getting to the place where Laura is trying to go. And we find out that there's, like, this whole camp of mutant kids, you know, 15, 20, somewhere around there. There's a handful of them at least, uh, probably, like, low double digits uh, of these children that are kind of living at this outpost preparing to, you know, it's a day's hike to Canada from there. So they're making their last preparations for the trip. They're being led by a young mutant named Richter who has, you know, the powers to kind of – in the comics, he has, like, seismic powers. He can create, like, these seismic waves, which – you know, cause earthquakes and things like that, you know, hence the name Richter. Also it's conveniently his last name. Uh, but so he's in, in this, he has, his powers are more similar to like avalanche where he can kind of more control the earth, not like Magneto can control metal, but he can kind of cause these vibrations that pretty much make the earth move how he wants it to move, which is pretty cool. Uh, that actually did translate, um, rather visually in this film, which which is pretty cool. You always kind of wonder like, how is a mutant power going to look on screen other than like these awesome claws coming out of a dude's hand or this little girl's hand, you know, or like the telepathic powers where you can have like voiceover and have them come from different speakers on either side and at different uh, volumes and things like that. So I mean, those are kind of easy. So you're always kind of concerned how certain mutant powers are gonna translate and Richter's powers looked pretty cool in this in this film. Uh, but this is like probably my favorite moment between Logan and Laura in this film. At one point, Wolverine is asleep and he kind of, he has a nightmare, which, I mean, if you've seen any X-Men movie that has Wolverine, uh, with the exception of like Apocalypse and First Class, obviously, uh, he has a nightmare. You know, he uh, he can't sleep. He's always having dreams of these memories that are bubbling under, but just will not surface. And so he wakes up. And, you know, all the children are asleep or they're out of the cottage or they're off doing God knows what. And Laura's there and she's just kind of watching over them. Uh And we get this great little exchange where Laura says, you know, you had a nightmare. Uh, I I have those two. And Logan says, well, mine are different. And Laura says, por qué? Why? And... Logan says, uh, he he asks her, um, what are your dreams about? And she says, you know, people are hurting me. And Logan responds with, well, you know, mine are different because I hurt people. So Logan's not dreaming of, you know, his past at Weapon X. He's dreaming of the people that he hurts, the people that he's probably had to kill You know, we've seen him haunted by the fact that he had to kill Gene in, you know, in the movies. We saw a lot of that in the Wolverine, things like that. We know that he's had to kill other people as well. Uh, So he has dreams of the people that he hurts. But Laura has the dreams of the people that did that to her, that hurt her. Kind of not unlike how Wolverine was in the early days of him, you know, having his memories. He would always dream of the experiments that were being done to him. So that's kind of what Laura's experiencing, and we just get this this little moment you know that they're they're just showing us you know this this subtle difference between between Logan and Laura, and in this movie that's filled with drama and sadness and darkness in mature tones uh, we get this this small little glimpse of light, this little uh, you know shimmer of hope in Laura, maybe it's not the end for her. You know, maybe she doesn't have to end up like Logan. Uh, another scene with them while they're there right before they leave, and Logan is kind of telling Laura, you know, I, I got you this far. You're with your people now. They're going to get you into Canada. I'm not going any further. And at the same time, Laura has found this adamantium bullet, and, you know, she's confronting Logan, like, what are you going to do with this? And he's like, well, you know, eventually it's going to get to the point where I have the courage to to put that in my own brain. It's the only thing that I that I know of that can kill me. Uh, so, you know, eventually that's that's what I'll do. Either the pain is going to become too unbearable uh, because my healing factor is shorted out or I'm going to hurt one too many people or I just, I get to the end of my rope and there's nothing left to do but die. Uh, and so they kind of have like a little falling out there with, you know, Laura's kind of angry that all Wolverine wants to do here is find a way out. He's trying to ditch... Laura they're trying you know he's trying to go off on his own uh, even even after Xavier being being killed you know Logan still wants to go off on his own and just use his bullet and and kill himself so you know the next morning kind of goes off without a hitch there's a lot more action which is really great uh we get to see some more moments with the reavers and with with uh you know berserker Logan just go into town no holds barred with an R rating slice anyone you want put your claws uh you don't even have to put your claws on an orifice you can just make your own uh, and he does but we get to see a lot of these kids fight back and ultimately we have this final battle between this mystery villain and uh, logan and laura and it's great it's great we get this uh you know, obviously, if you've seen the uh, Deadpool 2 marketing, you know that uh, Fox is the studio that killed Wolverine. So we have this goodbye. We finally get to see Wolverine's death. We actually get a legacy. So what what can you do for the man who can never die or the man who, because he ages and everything, can never really have a family? Uh, we actually get to see him die, and we get to see him leave a legacy, and that legacy is Laura and i know that i'm really i'm teetering on the edge of uh, some scary alliteration here but logan is the story of logan logan's legacy of laura sorry that i kind of fumbled through that but uh, there's my alliteration for you and and we have this this emotional goodbye and uh, even though laura just quotes from a movie that she had watched earlier in this particular movie with uh, Professor Xavier at a hotel, I think it was Shane, uh, but don't quote me. I, I should have probably looked it up, but uh, I totally slipped my mind that I was going to mention this. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's from Shane. It, it's been a quite a while since I'd seen that movie. Uh, so, but she quotes kind of this this line from this old western that's really fitting. It's about you know a man that can't really ever change or escape from his crimes, and so the only thing that he's really able to do is, is be alone. And that's the only, that's the only way that he can keep people safe. And, you know, it's a lonely prison sentence to live a life of loneliness. There's some more alliteration, Uh, but it's, it's fitting for such a vicious animal. Um, And so she, she recites this, this little monologue thing from, from that movie kind of as his eulogy, Uh, but it's great. You have probably seen on, on, social media if you've been on there like I mean this movie's been out for over a year now so uh, there's a scene in The Wolverine where a character Yukio uh, has a mutant ability to see deaths of people close to her and she sees this she sees Wolverine's death and she says you know I see you on your back and there's blood everywhere and you're holding your heart in your hand you know and we think that she saw something and mistook that for the end and what we think it is in the wolverine is a scene where wolverine is laying on his back on this like hospital bed and there's this creature thing that's like attacking his heart and he has to cut himself open and reach inside and pull this thing out and so you think oh, okay when you when you see the wolverine you think oh that's what yukio was was saying well good thing she was wrong logan didn't die Uh, but in this movie he is on his back and he is, there's blood everywhere, and he's holding Laura's hand, and he's holding Laura's hand while he passes, so turns out Yukio was, in fact, correct, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I love that foresight, and, and, and who knows, maybe that wasn't even uh, intentional until they got to the part where they're filming, and they're like, you know what, this this works, let's, uh, let's roll with it, uh, but uh, we get this this one last kind of plea from from Logan before he dies, which is to Laura, don't be what they made you, uh, and that's that's awesome. That's perfect. I mean, that is the perfect final sentiment for Wolverine to pass on to uh, this child. You know, this child who would be his daughter, to let him to let her know you don't have to be what I am. You don't have to be a vicious animal. You don't have to kill these people around you. You don't have to hurt the ones you love. Don't be what they made you to be. Uh and I I just love that moment. So that I mean that's that's going to wrap up the movie like I said for those of you that haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil the good action stuff that we see and there's a couple other, you know, plot twists here and there. And all that, I just kind of wanted to give you the gist of, you know, Laura's tale here. As far as the movie goes, I really liked the introduction of Laura. I think that Mangold and Company handled it well. I think Daphne Keene was an excellent choice for 11-year-old Laura. I would love to see her reprise the role in a future film, especially one that takes place, you know, when she's like 13 or 14 or 15, you know, only a couple years later. Maybe give her a costume to, uh, cause in in the movie she actually reads X Men comics, which were comic books made based on the exploits of the uh, movie X Men in universe. Uh, so it'd be kind of cool to see her in like a blue and yellow suit that's, uh, you know, reminiscent of the one that she wears in the comics as all new Wolverine, uh, or even like as an homage to the to the in movie comics. Uh, but even if they went with an older actress you know the next time we see x-23 she's 25 or 30 that's that's fine with me uh, like how cool would it be in the x-force movie right with deadpool and cable and they're about to go on this mission and they don't have enough firepower and that's funny from you know deadpool and cable but let's be honest deadpool knows uh, deadpool is known for always forgetting his ammo bag and going in you know with an underwhelming amount of ammunition so imagine a scene with cable and Deadpool, and they're about to go on this mission, and Deadpool's like, wait, hold on. We need more firepower. I'm going to get the Wolverine, and he time slides, right? And so Deadpool's freaking out because Hugh Jackman, you know, he's going to bring Hugh Jackman. It's This is great. I love Hugh. I've, I've wanted to be in a movie with him since, you know, the, that stupid origin movie, you know, all this kind of meta-commentary, and then Cable shows up with, like, a 25-year-old Laura, who is the all-new Wolverine that would just be freaking awesome. So if they were to do something like that with a, with an older Laura, I would be totally on board. But yeah, I mean, that being said, um, I would love to see Daphne Keane reprise the role someday because I think that she did a phenomenal job. The way they handled her story too, they gave us just enough detail to find her journey compelling and to feel for her and yet not just crap on anything that had come before you know so far this month this month of may this is the fourth episode i've covered two different variations of her origin her comic book origin in x23 volume one and her x-men evolution origin which happened to be in an episode also called x23 and so now i'm covering her on-screen origin and all three of them they're very reminiscent of each other Uh, it's it's the same concept i mean you just take the concept and you you expand it into whatever medium it is that you're writing for. You're writing for comics. You can go into a lot of detail. So they did. Uh, they're doing a cartoon. They only have like five minutes of a 20 minute, 22-minute long cartoon to really explain it or three minutes. They do. In this movie, we get to see a lot more of, of the origin and yet also a lot less. They changed things up to make it make sense for this film universe and this film specifically. And I think they did a great job, you know, the idea of Transigen being created in the lab, being smuggled, you know, out of the, out of Mexico into the United States so that she could uh, be protected by Logan. And then, you know, getting to be there and, and having a father figure, if even for a little while, they just, they did a good job. It was a really, really well done story with Laura. And I know that I, it's, you know, the movie's called Logan. And so this is a Laura month and, I still ended up talking a lot about Wolverine and Xavier, uh, but Laura was a big part of this movie, and deservedly so. It's fantastic. So I can't recommend it enough if you haven't seen it. Seriously, what the heck is wrong with you? I mean, unless you don't like gore, but even still, like get the noir version and watch it. It's not as bad when the blood's not bright red and stuff. It's a lot better when everything's you know grays and blacks and whites and, and things like that. Go see it, though. Laura Laura is awesome in this movie, and I think that they did the character justice. One of the better translated characters that we've seen on screen in any of the Fox X-Men movies. So, bubs, that does it for today's episode. Today's episode was Logan. It was the fourth episode in Laura month. We will have one more episode. This is our first ever month that has five episodes And I don't uh, usually tell you what is coming up next, but I'm so excited for next week's episode that I'm going to spill the beans. Next week, we are returning to comics. And no, I'm not going to cover NYX, which was like, you know, the the first kind of group story that Laura was involved in. No, I'm not going to cover her first arc in New X-Men when she finally made it onto the X-Men team. No, I'm not covering an arc from the uh, pretty good, actually really good Marjorie Liu run. No, I am going to cover my favorite story arc from the recently ended, very sad, uh, recently ended all new Wolverine run by Tom Taylor and various artists. I am going to cover Orphans of X. So Orphans of X was all new Wolverine at its absolute best. It's got Laura. It's got uh, da Ken. It's got Gabby. There are so many callbacks to so many different things that came before it in all the various X-23 stories. So this is like her opus. This is the opus for the character to date and I'm going to cover it next week and I'm really excited and I cannot wait. So there you go. I couldn't contain myself. I had to let that one slip. So, bubs, if you like the show and you want to do your part to see it grow, there are many ways you can do that. You can tell a friend. Seriously, if you are listening to a Wolverine podcast, if you've taken time out of your day to listen to this whole episode and you've even listened to other episodes, then chances are you're a big Wolverine fan, whether that's a fan of Logan or a fan of Laura or a fan of both. Either way, you probably know someone who is also a Wolverine fan, right? Birds of a feather. We all we're all in this together. I didn't mean to make that a rhyme. Sorry about that. I was trying to say I was trying not to say birds of a feather flock together and I ended up saying we're all together. So, that was that was just that's just lazy writing. So tell your friends, it's the cheapest thing you can do, it's the easiest thing you can do. Let them know it's on various platforms iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, various uh, other podcasts that pull it. You know, there's an RSS feed for iTunes, so it's going to get pulled into a lot of other different podcast apps out there. You can find that on the web as well. So let your friends know that they should be listening too. Uh, Another thing you can do to help the show grow is rate and review on any of those podcast apps that will let you do so that you listen to the show on uh, the preferred ones at this point, just because they're the most used, would be the three that I've already mentioned by name, iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, or Stitcher. The higher the rating, the more reviews we get, the la- the higher up it's going to be when someone searches for particular keywords like Wolverine or X-Men. So those are just a couple things you can do, and you don't even have to depart with your hard-earned greenbacks to do it. Now, if you are rolling in the dough and you want to contribute monetarily, I have good news. I have a Patreon account for this podcast. Patreon, of course, being a website where creators like myself can uh, offer certain rewards as well as continuing on with the show uh, in exchange for monetary support. So go check it out, patreon.com slash Tonkin Uh, T A L K I N S N I K T. I have uh, tier rewards at $1, $2, $5, and $10. Rewards include fancy little silicone bracelets in either blue or yellow, our favorite Wolverine colors. Uh, You can possibly get a shout out on the show, some sort of verbal recognition for your joining the community. You can choose topics for upcoming episodes. And you might even, if you pledge high enough, not might, you will, if you pledge high enough, receive a page from my Wolverine coloring book that I have hand-colored in colored pencil. So check it out. Lots of fun rewards. Uh, Also some goals that uh, I'm looking to reach, and I can't do it without your help. Bubs, if you've liked the music throughout this episode, which I, you know, a couple little riffs here and there, then stay tuned afterwards for an exclusive track from a great dude named jeremiah who is also known as the musician retcon x where he creates music inspired by x-men i have the good fortune of being able to offer you an exclusive track from retcon x inspired by everyone's favorite canadian superhero maybe not everyone's favorite canadian superhero but everyone's favorite logan that track is called back from the dead check out his spotify playlist or his website which i've linked in the show notes and if you are so inclined check out his patreon as well so bubs that will about wrap it up again stay tuned for the song back from the dead until next time bubs